Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Mom, Pickups. Hey, it's me, Todd Novak. We are super happy that you are with us on this lovely show, the show called The Guitar Knobs Podcast. And uh, to my right, we also have another guest in studio. Uh, Zach Oswald from Brandon Wound Pickups. Excellent. Zach has uh, joined Brandon uh, Wound Pickups. Uh, working with Jared, and uh, so, and he's been on our show a couple times. He also has a great little YouTube channel out there. What's it called? Uh, it's just my name, just Zach Oswald. Zach Oswald he does Guitar of the Week. It's awesome. Check it out. Yep. yep. So, uh, uh, Tony Baloney, don't we have somebody on the on the yeah. other end? Well, I was going to prompt that, but let's just introduce him anyways. Okay, who's on the line? This is Sean Arbo of Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Sean Arbo, Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yeah, and. I think in the name, we understand he makes guns. Wiring. No. Uh, <laughs> or streets. <laughs> streets. He makes wiring. Wiring harnesses for kids' cars. Takes the stuff. guns out oh, of the streets. Yes. Now so, I get yes. it. Yes. So, Tony, uh, based on who we just introduced, what's this show all about? Well, this show is all about talking to builders, b- boutique builders, if you will, sometimes, yeah. of guitars and amplifiers and pedals and pickups and occasionally wiring harnesses. Yes. And yeah. pick guards. Yeah, so right. make pick All guards. kinds oh. of things. Oh, yeah. So anybody that's out there doing it for themselves, we uh, try to put the spotlight on them and uh, get, the, get our audience to know them a little bit better. That's right. And Sean has fallen squarely into our tractor beam. Thud. Yes. So, Sean, where are you coming from tonight? So, I'm coming from Bend, Oregon. Um, it is the eastern part of Oregon, uh, not to be confused with Portland. Most people, when they think of Oregon, they think of Portland. Which and, and how do you say where you live? Oregon. Uh, I, I remember, I think it was Tony one yes, time on an episode. Exactly. It was Oregon. Yes. Um, it is Oregon, um, but it's <laughs> common. Common happens. Yeah, they're not called Oregonians. <laughs> well, they should yeah, be. They should be. It's <laughs> called Oregonians. <laughs> but, so that's neither here nor there. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the mispronunciation. Oh, you Oregonians. Highly offended. Highly offended. <laughs> it's Oregon, like the kind you play. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, we got a lot going on on this show today so let's get to it i have a few announcements and uh any any of you guys have some announcements let's listen to your announcements okay we'll we'll do my announcements first here i want to first of all welcome a new patron oh a new executive producer smokes does he get his name right on the thing he He does does get his name right on the thing a little bit later his name is brian robinson and this is a new thing that i just decided to do because i was like hey when somebody comes on Let's let's uh, you know share a little bit. Cuckoo, right. you, Mister Robinson. Uh, right. And and basically by a little bit, I just said, "Hey, what's your what's your four on the floor?" So I'm just gonna name off what Brian Robinson's four on the floor was. Awesome. He chose the Earthquaker Devices Eruptor, the Boss CS3 with the Monte Alums Octoplus mod. Whoa. I'm not familiar with that one, but it sounds dangerous. The Analog Alien Rumble Seat and the Mr. Black Boost Tiger. I believe Mr. Black is from up that way, so he might... Uh, up your way, isn't it? Uh, isn't he up in the up Northwest? What? Like in Reservoir Dogs? Mm. Mr. Black, <laughs> Mr. Pink? Yeah, I think that's what it's probably from, actually. Ah. I think so. I know there's a lot of pedal builders in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, he's one of those elusive ones that like there's not a single picture of him on the internet. Like Doctor No, it might be a small child. 
building. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Well, uh, like, like Dr. No, but he doesn't wear a mask either. So anyways, so that's his four on the floor. We welcome Brian Robinson. Thank you, Thank you for supporting our show. And uh, we're going to tell you how to support our show at the end of the show. Uh, we uh, very much appreciate your support. Second of all, I wanted to call out somebody. Um, Kelsey Austin sent me a really interesting email. We get, we get you know, plenty of emails all the time. But this one, whenever somebody uh, has something that has made sort of a change in their life. I, I think that's worth highlighting. So his name's Kelsey Austin, and uh, he sent me, a, uh, I'm just going to read a brief blurb about uh, from the email here. He said, uh, I'm a guitar player of 20 years, a guitar lover, and, and a bit of a gearhead. I primarily want to thank you. Your podcast has become a great source of entertainment, learning, and inspiration for me. I truly appreciate that. He says, it got me to thinking about guitar after a long stint of ignoring my six string, a long, sad band breakup story. You helped me inspire to pick up my axe again. I even started a website and blog with setup guides, reviews, tutorials, and other resources for guitar players. Might as well do some good with the passion I still have for guitar. Becoming a rock star didn't happen for me despite years of effort and dedication. All of, many of us are nodding our heads right now. Um, not me. I'm still trying. Uh, that's <laughs> that's your problem with your neck yeah. that you can't <laughs> nod anymore. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, that's just the way it turns out for most of us, and that's life. Just wanted to thank you for your influence, and uh, you have unwittingly uh, had in my own life. I thought I would share my story and ask for a hand in getting the site's name out there. Um, I'm sure you get requests daily, but I'm a real person that would really benefit from any help you might be able to so generously give. Feel free to share my story. I hope the site can be a reference resource for guitarists all over the world someday. His site is called axedoctor.com, and he's got some really good stuff on there. So go check that out, everybody. That's very cool. So thanks so much for Kelsey to for sending that, um, you know, a nice personal note. I, we really appreciate it. Whatever it is, long, short, we don't care. Just, Thank you. you know, give us a holler, man. I think that's it for me, at least, right now. Nice. Anybody else? No? no. Nope. Okay, cool. Let's get on with the show. Uh, what did you do in your music guitar week this week, Jared? Okay. Uh, so, um, <clears throat> everybody knows I want pickups, and this week I'm going to talk about that. Uh, because that's all I've been doing, because... It's going to be a pretty busy couple of weekends coming up. So I got a few new old machines, and they are from, gosh, I don't know, the 50s or 60s. No, those are older than that. You think so? Yeah. They could be. The one is older than the other, but they are George Stevens. Very interesting machines, and um, I also helped another pickup winder uh, pick out a really good machine. He got a steal on another machine. And I also helped him uh, design the tooling for that machine. It felt really good this week to help someone else in my field, uh, even though I won't profit from that, you know, per se, putting money in my pocket. But it just, uh, you know, when you help somebody like that, it, it just goes a long way. Yeah, I was glad I was able to do that. So, yeah, it was uh, really exciting for me to add a few more things to my shop and so, so how many winders are you up to now? Uh, I have 10 winders that are in service. That's impressive. That's, that is very impressive. So they're, they're, nine of them are automated, and one of them is for hand layering. For what? Hand layering. It's like hand winding. Oh. I control the wire going onto the bobbin. 
Oh, so the machine turns the bobbin, but I I control the tension and and layering. What is that useful for? That is useful for rewinds if you want to do like some pre sixties type fender pickups kind or like scatter wound, scatter winding, mm-hmm. and old stuff like that. For those who aren't aware of scatter winding, what uh, what tell tell me about that? Scatter winding is a, a lot of winders put hand winding and scatter winding in the it's the same pretty much the same thing when you have a bobbin uh say like a fender stratocaster or telecaster bobbin that doesn't have any wire ready to be wound you would attach it to a a winder and you would use your hand um that means you're directing the wire and using your hand while the bobbin is spinning and uh you would it's basically up to you how the the wire is layered onto the bobbin, and uh, so you what's can, the benefit you, of that? Well, you can get like air spaces and and things like that. Is that well, right? there's we're gonna go into some like just to give us the ele- we're going up the elevator. Tell me what the scatter wound does. Okay, it's an it's an imperfect way of winding. It this. is. It's mm. it's kind of like uh, Seymour Duncan uh, kind of claims that there's mojo to it, and I I think you can get a certain mojo when okay. you. So it's just just, another little thing that you can do to personalize your guitar and maybe get a little bit something different than everybody else. Generally, you're... you're, So you make it totally unique. That's right. Generally, in pickup winding, they're mostly automatedly wound. And your smaller boutique people have hand winding machines because they're very inexpensive. Mm -hmm. You know, they use that for marketing because, hey, these are hand wound. These are handmade. It could or could not make an audible difference. It's That's for someone else to judge, not me. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Cool. Cool. Nice. Uh, let's go to Sean. Hear from him real quick. What is going on in your music world, man? You know, just filling orders, uh, getting busier and busier, um, getting ready for, well, this will, maybe when this releases, probably be post-NAM, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm going to my first NAM this year, uh, the winter NAM. And we'll uh, see you there. We'll see you there. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to have a booth, but I'm going to come just linger around and just enjoy the sights and, and see all the you always hear all the myths about nam so i want to see it for myself yeah well we're doing the same thing so we'll make sure and just play a little um tag there okay you there can you get go. a lot of sourcing done just walking around yes well, it's bad. Oh, with bad. your own business so cool man uh zach well i've been working on a couple of uh old gibson es 175s last week or so and i'm getting them ready for a video and I'm doing like a pickup and wiring comparison, like, you know, the old original PAFs versus, you know, something like Brandon Wound or Boutique Clone. And I want to try, you know, the old wiring with the Central Labs versus the new Fitting wiring. That would come up tonight. Right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm just trying to get them set up as close as possible, you know, get the pickup heights right and everything, get them tweaked, <laughs> same bridges and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you going to been... match the pots? What's like that? A, are you going to match the pots so like a vintage harness, there's enough variants of vintage pots that they're like all over the place? Oh, yeah, they're crazy. Um, they're, they're CTS vintage tapers, so they get pretty close to the old Central Labs. I can't take exact readings because they're uh, the old ones are in the pot cans, which are oh, sealed. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't really want to... Uh, no. Don't want to mess with them. But yeah, I'm going to get as close as I can, you know, capacitor value and all that good stuff. And But the main thing is just getting the pickups height you know, dialed in as close as I can and just get a really fair comparison. Nice. That's nice. Tony Baloney. Well, let's see. I was going to talk about one thing, but our friends at the post office decided to put a kibosh on that. So I'm going to talk about another thing. Okay. 
So I don't know, probably seems like 30 or 40 episodes ago we talked about. <laughs> seems like just yesterday. Yes. Um, I purchased a, uh, a Rickenbacker 850-inspired build from a guy, um, and I did a little research on it at the time. And this one uh, had like a, a, a 4A maple neck, uh, really kind of a really cool instrument. And I got it in. It came with some shipping damage, which is unfortunate. But um, the same guy had the other guitar that this company made that based on this same thing. And I did a little more research on it and got in touch with the company, which is uh, now called the Green Guitar Project. They're based in Nashville. And... Uh, the, the the second guitar, which I purchased from the same guy uh, who now has learned how to pack things very well, so mm. kudos Yay. to him. It arrives safe and sound. But um, the, the concept behind the Green Guitar Project is uh, basically it's dumpster dive materials. So um, while don't, the, don't give the whole episode away. I'm not going to give on. the whole episode Sheesh. away, but I'm just I'm giving you the elevator ride. And episode. there's the green Version. episode. So uh, while the the first one that I purchased was made with like premium wood, I mean, like I said, it had a 4A maple neck, uh, really kind of a cool thing. This one I think is cooler because it has a masonite top and back. Mm -hmm. The neck is made from Baltic birch plywood going straight up and down. Mm -hmm. um, the sides, it's very kind of Dan Electro-ish, but it's the same body shape. So it's the construction method is basically plywood, rims, masonite top and back. And then this one actually does have a set neck that goes into it. I think what I like most about it is it has, um, it's a single pickup guitar mm -hmm. and it has a wraparound bridge tailpiece, you know, mm -hmm. all, the all in one. And like an old junior. Yeah, basically like a junior. Yeah, big but, fan of that. Setup. Yeah, and it's but yeah. The interesting thing: this one has a, a Gibson Dirty Fingers pickup in it, which mm -hmm. I normally don't like. But in this guitar, why it, don't you like that pickup? It's usually too hot and too, too bright. Too bright. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, but in this one, it seems to work really well. So I'm well, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. So oh, wow. long story short, I got in touch with uh, his name is Sean Padden. Uh, and he runs the guitar, Green Guitar Project in Nashville. We're going to try to get him on board for a, as a guest. I like that. And uh, he just really makes some very cool things out of found materials. Right. And on. I, I just, I think it's, it's a great idea to you know reuse, recycle, and all that. And this is, a, I mean, it's a beautiful guitar. Mm -hmm. So that, excellent. That, well, that's that, fun. so that's what I did. So I put new knobs on it today. Well, yeah, naturally, <laughs> naturally, naturally, that, that's what I would if do. If you get a guitar from some somewhere and you're used to, you know, customizing yourself, if the only thing you're changing is the knobs, you pretty much hit a home run. Yeah, so you're doing pretty good there. Yep. I mean, I guess so. Uh, anyways. <laughs> what about uh, you? You took the fun out of it when it's right. Well, first of all, something that happened to me this week is that, gentlemen, we hit... 150,000 downloads. Whoa. Holy That's a bunch. Just, it seems like just yesterday we hit 100. I, well, and just the yesterday before that, it was just like, I remember calling my, all my friends up. I'm like, we got 100 downloads. I, I, know. I was freaking out. And I'm still freaking out. Like every, every time somebody raises their hand and says, hey, I like your show. Like I freak out. It means a lot to me. We all put a lot into the show. And so to, to, for that to, 
hit. I was just, I was That's super incredible. happy. I was really, really excited. So thank all of you for listening to the show. When are we going to break a million? Oh boy. I don't know. <laughs> 12. So yeah. <laughs> so anyways, uh, but what I did this week was our friend Drew Foppy from, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. Pop star amps. That is clean. Uh, hooked me up with his Royal preamp pedal and it is a, just a lovely sounding preamp in a box. Um, I guess it's you could it's kinda like a like a EP booster, but it's got way more ness to it. Okay. Um if you go it's a single knob, if you go all the way to, and, it's, and it's got a fantastic potentiometer on it. <laughs> and it's got a LED under the foot switch, which is really cool. That's a big honk and, honk a, and foot switch. It's a it's a big uh, foot switch for me. and it's a it, everything's big on this pedal. Is there, is there a is there and a DC the guts are really interesting. Oh, okay, so it's on that side. Uh, so he we were talking and uh so I'm I'm this is on my board now and it just like made it more vivid. Well, I think it's because it's green. Yeah, Maybe. I gotta say, I'm a big fan of the color. Yeah, I love well, that color. He does. Well, I can't wait color. to take this home and try it. <laughs> well, uh, I'm just really excited. I uh, that you know, I I'm able to have one of these. He makes them in very very small batches, so it's not it's not quite a uh, something out there that everybody can get their hands on. And I'm I'm I was really like I got one right thrilled now. to have that. Anyway, so <laughs> that made it to the board, and I'm very excited. It, it uh, added quite a bit of extra ness to my sound so much thanks to drew for doing that and we're going to try to him get him back on the show as well to talk about a lot of exciting things that's it for me that's it for we let's get on with this one two one two three four on the floor sean arbo from gun street wiring tell us your four on the floor so my first one is going to be uh, my very first pedal I ever got when I was like 14, which is going to be the Jimi Hendrix Wah. Um, and then I'm the way I use it, I don't use it in the traditional sense. Um, I got over that kind of the niche of, of the Jimi Hendrix playing, you know, Voodoo Child. Um, or when I was a kid, I loved uh, The Door, so I played um, Peace Frog, just like G chord and then you palm mute it. Uh, but I discovered that I prefer it more as a, a filter. And I would basically pay, play it either all the way up where it's really like that that bright, almost uh, ice pick sound um, or three fourths of the way down where it's not completely uh, um, tone free, but it has that nice kind of um, it's got a nice little bass to it. Um, and this is also the same pedal that kind of got me into uh, weird, exotic wiring harnesses. Um, my second one is going to be the free pedal I got which is going to be the DOD American Metal. Um, this is described as a distortion pedal, um, and I got it from my uncle who told me it was a distortion pedal. Um, but if you were actually to pl plug it in, which I don't know if it, this thing's destroyed. My, my uncle bought it brand new in uh, probably like the 80s, and by the time I got it, it was probably, I mean, it, it's, it's old, um, but it's, sounds more like a like a, a fuzz um i would classify it as more like a low-end fuzz uh, mm -hmm. it has three controls like level um presence and distortion um but you know growing up not understanding what i was really looking for uh, i play a lot of i as a kid played a lot of white stripes and i always wanted that big muff sound without knowing that's what i wanted mm -hmm. uh, that was my go-to um 
and they're really affordable nowadays, and it's kind of a fun one if you find it uh, used. Is that is that uh, one of the old DODs that have the enormous plug in the back? Yes, with, yes. With uh, direct <laughs> out to AC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. I, it was, uh, that was like also one of my very first pedal mods. Uh, I've still, I want to get into more pedal modding um, uh-huh. just for my own. Uh, but I did mod that, so it didn't have to use that because that was just that, that was ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> whoever whoever came up with that idea and said this would be really cool. Well, nobody was like linking all kinds of pedals together yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah, but but still, I mean, come on, dude. I some mean, weird stuff back then. Yeah, everybody had adapters. I used to back have the, the 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 famed uh, baby blue DoD delay that had the giant plug in the back, and once I started putting a board together i had that for years like 20 years or so and and i saw i'm like i gotta sell this because i can't use it now so oh well what are you gonna do cool what's number three all right so these are the next two are gonna be ones i kind of lost over and i will i'm gonna eventually be buying here soon um which is gonna be number three is gonna be the cherry box by lolly gager oh man which sean has been on the episode and and sean's awesome dude and uh he lets me harass him about comments about uh electronics um but i love that cherry box um the one of the key things that i love about it is is um the oscillation and and how it really can sound like um like a vintage nintendo's video game like the 8-bit sound Mm -hmm. Uh, and then yeah and then you add the fuzz to that and it's just uh that's just such a cool sounding um I'm probably going to bug Sean here a little bit later uh, when I get some free cash and and, and get one of those sweet boxes. Um, those those are f- really amazing because it, it's also like Sean. For those who are not aware of Lollygagger, Sean is just a super good dude, a very very involved in the guitar community, and he's up in uh, Michigan just making making pedals one at a time, and he does these handmade wood boxes that are hand stained. And he comes up with his own circuits and everything. And it's his flagship pedal, the one that he's uh, made a lot of uh, news on, the Canalia. It's as close to plugging your guitar into an actual like top fuel dragster as you can imagine. So go <laughs> go check that out. And uh, yeah, thanks, Sean, for doing your yeah, thing, buddy. But what's number four? All right, number four is going to be the Pelotar uh, by Pelican Noiseworks. Uh, he's a fellow Oregonian uh, and he did a just a brilliant job with with that whole pedal, um, making the the pedal itself look like a, a vintage Klon. Uh, but it's it's just really smart in how he did it. With it's basically two fuzzes in one, um, and you have like the traditional gain, treble, and output knobs. Um, but what he did with like the the gain is you get to blend between the two fuzzes, um, and then the the treble, which I think this is just from doing wiring. Um, even though I know very little about pedals, uh, I thought that was a really brilliant part where it, with the treble um basically he he has it so if you depending on which side you're you are on the gain so whether which fuzz if you add more treble to one of the fuzzes uh, it adds more bass to the other one so i just thought that oh, was that's interesting that's really that's a such a like a simple cool cool idea of how he did that and and uh, i mean i just like i love the sound of it you can get that that really either that classical like big muff sound or even kind of all the alternatives to something kind of uniquely yourself that pedal has been uh it just keeps popping up it's like especially like on instagram it just a lot of pedals kind of make their way and then they just kind of 
drift off into oblivion but that one always makes its way to the our attention so uh at some point i want to get myself to play one of those so that's a sad thing <clears throat> pelican noise works <laughs> so that's four that's good man solid little pedal board there i'd say nice we are going to move on to the meat of the show the the interview part of the show so we've got sean arbo from gun street wiring so if you are not familiar take a little trip over to gunstreetwiring.com on the internet and uh, over on the instagrams and check out what slash the brand is making um them them those those yeah. guys me my wife and my little brother-in-law yeah i'm always really interested in the things that aren't necessarily at the forefront you know we talk a lot about pedals we talk a lot about amps we talk a lot about guitars and stuff but the the things that make some of those things happen yeah it's kind uh, of so just like pedal, behind pedal the scenes under and, the cover and wiring and all that business you don't see that right. stuff but yeah. it makes a difference it yeah huge difference it makes a big difference uh it makes a huge and big difference <laughs> if you we're, have a dan armstrong right. you could see yeah or if you have a clear pick guard right <laughs> <laughs> so uh one of the ways that i was able to connect with sean um it, well, if you heard the second to the last show that we just did, uh, I, I I've talked about installing that harness into a Telecaster for a, a friend's guitar that I was working on in a band, and it was really cool. We had a nice little uh, conversation over the internet, and we said, let's get you on the show, man. And he speedily, speedily sent something out for us to check out, and I was really appreciative of that. So thank you for that, Sean. Of course. Um, and it was for quality stuff. Uh, there's a lot of... a that you'll probably see on the internet about, oh, it's, you know, it's great packaging and got the great product and all that stuff. And it, it's true. It was a solid thing that you delivered. So tell us a little bit about, first and foremost, wait a minute, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. If you go to your site, it says, we don't want to be just another dated wiring company. Woohoo! hoo <laughs> fighting words there. What? Here comes so, all caps. Talk about that. Um, You know, even comes down to like the name of gun street gun street was a parable that my grandpa used to tell about just doing your own thing um, and using a lot of your own influences uh, to create your own uniqueness at the state of the market right now there's a lot of i mean a lot of people learn from forums there's a lot of like kind of weirdness that comes out and and no even, no 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 and even jaron was making the joke that was like there's a lot of mojo um my goal with Gun Street is to stay out of that. I my my quality is beyond the parts. That's that's my unofficial motto: is quality beyond the parts. Um, so I'm not going to tell you whatever you want to build. If you want to do it for your ninety nine dollar Squire or your you know five thousand dollar Eric Johnson Strat, I will work with you to do whatever you want as an individual customer. Um, and I'm going to keep out of my own opinion. I'll answer questions you may have but I'm not going to put my own what, what is good and what is not good. Because in the end, as you probably all have started to realize, is, is it so subjective? I've, I've got, and, and as I, I've, I've progressed with Gun Street and, and the wiring side of Gun Street, I've really started to realize how subjective things are to the point where I, I don't care about parts. I just want to make the best possible product I can, no matter what I use. 
Sold. All right. Well, that's the show, everybody. Right. <laughs> Join us next week. <laughs> no, man, that's that's solid. I appreciate anybody with a point of view, even if I don't agree with it. And I, I think that's great. I think that's that's cool that you have something that you can stand behind that motivates you. Fantastic. Well, thank you. So tell us about how you, you got this whole thing started. What prompted you to like dig deep into the world of wiring? So growing up, I was a wannabe guitar builder. Uh, I built a guitar for myself um, just out of, I didn't, I, my parents couldn't afford like a, a really nice American made guitar, um, but I always wanted one. So I was like, you know, screw it. I'll make my own. Uh, so then I ended up making this Les Paul Jr. that kind of, um, I had an uncle who basically played it and, and he was just floored with it. So I had that idea of like, well, that's what I wanted to be is a, a guitar builder. Um, I can't, I, I try my hardest to, to, to build guitars. Um, I don't think I have enough patience to make them super, super perfect. I get them to the point where I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started doing that and, um, then it got into kind of the weirdness or I also had some also negative experiences. Um, I'm very cautious as, as a person, especially when you're doing something like you don't know. Uh, so I bought some wiring harnesses off of eBay and, um, I just had a negative experience with that. And then I tried a bunch of other places and still had that, like being a noob, uh, it was really hard to get a lot of information and a lot of, um, help when, when you needed it. Mm-hmm. So I ended up just being like, all right, I'm going to dive in as much as I can. I learned as much as I could um, through forums, which is can be good, can be bad. Um, so I learned everything I could. And then I kind of just uh, like that wah. I'll give you an example of the wah is I've always been someone who's searching for a sound. Like all of us are searching for that one sound that we really love um, and just kind of doing more of just... Like I got, I started with a fifties modern volume bleed and all the subtleties. I was like, okay, there's something, I want something else. So I did the Jimmy page wiring and that was fun. And then it was just, it was close, but it didn't do what I wanted. So then that's when I got into more, um, just modding and doing it for fun. Um, I, even if I, you know, gun street stops, I'd still be building wiring harnesses just because I love it. Um, I recently have been forcing myself because I work so much uh, with this job. And I recently went back to um, working part-time at my old job, um, super part-time. So I've been trying to force myself to get back into breadboarding and, and just creating circuits. Cause it is, it's really fun to. Is it, don't you find it kind of therapeutic to, it, to solder absolutely. stuff? I mean, I, I find myself sometimes I'll get in the middle of something and I look up at the clock and it's like three hours later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really neat. I like doing that. The only thing I don't like doing is soldering pots. I hate that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm not, because I, I, I don't. He's you a, end up with he's a mountainous a, He's solder. a globber. Well, <laughs> he ends up with a mountain. I, use a, I have a pin tip. Uh, uh, soldering iron for that's, doing little for doing like why. making little pedal stuff so when i have to do then i'm i just end up not doing it you need as a different awesome tip a job for a different soldering it's true jobs. i need to get one that's it i just don't i haven't so anyways and then i, I think another thing that really kind of gun street is very unique in the sense of um it, i i for my previous job uh, i wasn't I, with country, I've never been really about the money. Um, and with my previous job, I got paid a lot, uh, but it was really never uh, satisfying for me. Um, 
I tend to be very like a artistic person. And that's why if you see my packaging, um, there's a ton of subtle details um, that it's slowly changed. I mean, I've already changed it like two times since I sent you that harness. And that was not that long ago. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so it turned into this, this one thing of like, um, it was an artistic release. So it just slowly, you know, I got obsessed with wiring guitars and and the cool kind of things that you could do with just, um, you know, series parallel, um, out of phase and, and all the subtle mods associated with that. And, and but then it got into the point where it's like, I really enjoyed making the website. I really enjoyed making the package. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed making the how-to instructions. Um, it just kind of turned into this, it turned into a business accidentally. I actually originally didn't want to do wiring harnesses and originally wanted to do a vintage guitar store. We never and, and, hear that on this show. <laughs> no, no, exactly, right? Uh, and, and then it just turned into, I just always did that and I always helped out customers and, and, and really listen to people and then it turned into all of a sudden now I'm, I'm Sean Arbo of Gun Street Wiring Shop and I'm known for wiring harnesses. Yes. I would be glad that you're doing what you're doing now. I mean, the brick and mortar guitar stores are really tough to 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 do right now. Especially, oh, absolutely. especially in the vintage market. As oh yeah, crazy as that's going. Well, I mean, I don't know if Oregon is is a is a uniqueness, um, but I mean, I would be one of many vintage guitar stores. Um, like just even the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. you like a uh, Thunder Road. Mm-hmm. which has one in Portland and in, I believe, Seattle. Uh, Mike and Mike's bar grill or uh, guitar bar. Yeah. Um, phenomenal. Um, it's even though I did that and I, and I have my, my own way I wanted to do it, um, which I probably will use for just kind of my own uh, hobby, um, which is different than how they would do it. But I don't know if I could ever, like you said, brick and mortar is very hard. Totes, man. <laughs> when i need some street cred really quick right there one of the interesting things about wiring is that that it is sort of um i reference the black magic categories (laughs) a lot uh there are certain things that fall into you know black magic as far as uh guitar things go and what i mean by that is simply that there are things that are not necessarily fully understood by people who aren't familiar with electronics. So it's like, why does wiring matter? Like it's wires, it's pots, it's stuff. Like why is there really that big of a difference? There is. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure Tony <laughs> says there is. And I, <laughs> no, I, absolutely. I bet Sean's going to tell us that is there is exactly, too. Is there a difference? Yeah, there's a big difference. Yeah. So let's I, talk about some of those differences real quick. Could you go into that a little bit? Well, the easiest way, and, and I always get this question asked, a lot like Mm -hmm. why really would i want to to change my wiring and the easiest way to say is like the pickups are the engine uh and i'm sorry jared if i offend you because this is just how i sell it is the pickups are the engine where the wiring harness is like the transmission and the gearing so it's like you have that raw kind of uh power of the pickup but then it gets put through the the wiring harness like almost like a filter and depending on how you wire that up it's going to filter it very subtly different whether you use high-end pots or cheap pots, it doesn't matter as long as the value is correct. But there's the subtleties of like, okay, you have to wire those pickups either in series or parallel or, um, you know, out of phase. There's a huge wiring is, is I'm always surprised on how much people don't realize 
there there's options out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess I, that's also what I'm trying to do with gun trees. Give there there is more than than your 50s modern and volume bleed. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That that was a really good analogy. I couldn't agree. Thank you. More. Yeah. Well, and you know that's kind of one of the things that we we hope to do on this show is dispel some of those misunderstandings or. <laughs> or shed light on things that we should be understanding of. The first thing that typically comes up when you're talking about a wiring harness is pots. Right. Mm-hmm. And and just really quickly, for those who don't know what pots are, potentiometer. <laughs> Potentiometers. Yeah. It's the a things, variable resistor. It's the thing that the little knob on your guitar <laughs> is connected to underneath your uh, wiring. It's holding unit. the knobs. <laughs> hold, yeah, it's, hold, a, it's primary function. It's a knob holder. It's a knob holder. Knob, yeah. a knob holder. <laughs> so yeah, with that you have. I mean, there's wide, wide option with potentiometers, um, whether down from value um, to whether it's a audio or most easiest said is audio or a linear pot. Um, every little subtle action has a big difference. I take my products like very serious. Like I'm not a perfect person. I'm, I'm human. So I'm, I'm subjective to error. Like, especially when, you know, it's me making these harnesses and, and I'm doing it 12 hours a day on certain days, even when I'm sick. So it's like stuff happens, but then you have the people who's like, Oh, you know, your products are crap. You know, it's you everything. People saying that. Well, of course. Cause it, it what happens is, is you're, you're building up this idea of when, when companies Let's sell the record, they're not everybody. Not everyone. I get a, we heard more, it right from his mouth. He said his products are crap. Every single customer. No, I, and I get a lot of phenomenal. Like I'm very, I'm very serious about my products. So I, I take them to heart when they do that. And and there's a lot of times where I'm like, sure, people who I look up to, up to and are like, wow, that's really impressive. Sean, I sent a harness to Sean Wright, and like you know, he is you know, what he does for a living is professional, you know, soldering. And, and I'm this amateur who, who just kind of did it for fun. And he's like, wow, that's a really nice product and, and all this kind of stuff. But you'll get the idea where people don't understand it yep. and they're expecting it to be like this cure all things. So it's like, oh, this is crap because it didn't make this sound. And when my, when I try to do the tone control, it was basically on or off, um, which has nothing to do with the actual the pot or the quality of the harness but it's all the subtleties of like okay if it's a linear pot it's not going to if, if you think what a linear pot is is the easiest way to describe it is a consistent taper so it's if you had like a box and on one side you have one to ten and the other one it's, it's from uh, one to ten on there like that it goes from ten to one very consistently down and there's no weirdness okay and then you have something like it's an smooth. audio. It's smooth. smooth jazz. Well, subjective, subjective. Uh, and then you have something that's like an audio pot, which is it's designed to mimic how the ear hears. Because that's another thing is we all hear things differently and we all hear frequencies differently. Hmm. So certain people prefer. Like, so is that like a, is an, is, would you maybe say that an audio pot is more like exponentially growing? It's, log- it's logarithmic. Log, log okay. rhythm. Yeah, exactly. With, so, so the, kind of curvy up. So if you start down here at one it get, and then go up to turn it up to 10, there's a, there's a gentle curve. Right. It's and not generally just speaking. Yeah. A diagonal. Until you get to about seven or eight, you don't really hear a, 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 a vast okay, increase gotcha, in volume. Gotcha. All right. Interesting. Whereas, yeah. whereas with the, with the, you know, a, a, a linear, uh, it's basically one is one. Okay. You know, one tenth. Five yeah. is half. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, not all three is half. If I remember, yeah, I, you're, you're top right. of my head, like three, three on audio is half and compared to five on linear is right. half. Oh boy. So can uh, I ask a quick question about yeah. those real, uh, are there brands spe- that would specifically, th- this is something I don't know. I'm asking like a person who doesn't know. Cause I don't know. Like are, are all Gibson's linear and all fenders, audio or does it depends on the year and and okay and that's the crazy thing is um so i'm i'm someone who i love to take things apart and look at it Mm -hmm. so i've and i've bought multiple of the same instruments so we were doing like a photo shoot for for the website and then i went to the tacoma guitar vessel and i sold that guitar and then I was like, oh, well, I still need to use that guitar. So I bought another one of the exact same one. It was, <laughs> it was the orange, it's an orange, uh, orange Squire. Good man. And yeah, exactly. So the first one used 24 millimeter, which is what you call full size pot. And they were both linear. And then the second one I have, which used mini pots and one was linear, the, the volume was linear and the tone was, um, uh, audio and and you'll see that happen more and more with different companies they'll switch it around it's never consistent because what happens is is everyone has their interpretation of what is better than the other and it's it's so subjective that it really doesn't matter in the end so i think it's I actually mean, more of what box gets pulled off the shelf yeah, that week. I think yeah, I yeah. <laughs> what does the supplier have in stock and what can we get what away with that's I mean, so that's weird why wouldn't did. that be controlled i mean it's electronic you, you, whatever they can get their hands on yeah know. i mean basically yeah we need to you know ship out 500 guitars next month and they don't have enough pots well what's Close to that, well, that'll to work. Fire the the you parts. Know. Well, I mean, it happened. Guy. It happened back in the fifties and sixties with. Well, Fender. I know Leo yeah. like the whole you know it's the story. A, of you'll like, find one meg pots and and you know sixties Fender <laughs> Telecasters. One yeah. meg pots. Ouch. I had a nineteen seventy that had a one meg pot. Yeah, crazy. Gibson um, used to buy like military surplus stuff back then. I mean, it's yeah. just whatever they could get their hands on. Right, right. So, yeah. I mean, I guess before we were talking, throwing out a lot of numbers and different things here. Can we kind of go? I guess what is the general guideline for types of pickup and what are the you know the the cookbook values yeah. of 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 pots and and caps and yeah. and different so, things like that like a mini 101 yeah so generally what is is what they do is we'll do like something like um a jazzmaster pickup uses a 1 meg pot something like a humbucker uses a 500k pot and something like a single coil uses a 250k pot um that is the kind of the status quo that's what they tell you now then you get into it it's it's all you can do whatever you want the reason they use that is the pot value acts as a a limiter if that's the easiest way to say it so the higher the value the more it comes through the lower the value usually the the, the top end gets uh cut off so the reason you'd want to do that on like a like a, a single coil for a 250k you'd want to do it on a single coil because it cuts out some of the high frequencies Right. So if you have a Telecaster pickup and it sounds literally like an ice pick, you may have a 500k pot. <laughs> or you may or have a, a one. one, 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 one. <laughs> okay. And and yeah, if you don't like that, then you probably want to switch it. Right. But I've also seen the opposite side where it's like someone's like, I don't like the sound of this. Sure. Um, it's all subjective here's at a, that point. Here's a, no, absolutely. Here's a prime example. The number one reason why you'd want to switch a Gibson um, harness out. Uh, it's not because of the quality of the parts. 
that's a, a misconception, but it's because they use 300K pots nowadays. Mm-hmm. Gibson traditionally uses 500K. Mm-hmm. And then they had, a, if the if I remember correctly, they had a lot of complaints that it was too hot. It sounded too, too, people asked for those vintage, really high output style pickups. And then they're like, nope, don't like it. So Gibson ended up just like, all right, we'll cut the value to 300K. Mm. And so you can get in the easiest way to, to kind of breathe life into it without doing the pickups is just going to a traditional 500K. Gotcha. So if, if you're... If you're Gibson or Gibson style uh, guitar with humbuckers, sounds a little dead or a little mm, kind of muffled, muffled, muffled or something. It's definitely you, muffled. You may have 300 or probably more likely 250k pots in there for some uh, reason. 300k, 300. Yeah, that's pretty common. They, now. Yeah, they okay. even did that in the mid to late 70s. Well, if too. someone made a mod or something. Yeah, they've been yeah. doing it for a long time. So that, yeah. that so we know the values like on on pots. Um, What's your what is your take on the mini pot versus a full size pot? See, that's uh, I'm someone like back in the day. I'd be like, oh, you know, mini pots suck because they're they're so much smaller and there's not enough, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, realistically, I'm like, we live in the modern era of technology and like manufacturing. And if if you look at manufacturing in the last what. 20 years we've produced more electronics than we have in the whole the past you know probably 200 years so as long as a brand can consistently do the correct value so it's like just because it's labeled 500k doesn't mean it's going to be 500k there's going to be a a variance of i think the market standard is what 10 percent 10 or 15 10 or 15 so it's like your 500k pot could be either anywhere between 450 to 550 so as long as they can do that, I don't have a problem with it. Bourne's actually, don't they make some nice mini pots? Yeah, Bourne's yes. does, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, Is there an advantage to that, having a mini pot versus a, a, a regular size pot? The Less size. corrosion. <laughs> the, the electricity doesn't have to go as far. <laughs> Less corrosion. <laughs> Putting it in a hollow body? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, yep. that's, that's the number one yep. reason I will use a mini pot is a hollow body and putting it through the f hole. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. You know the the push pull mini borns that I have a, am a big fan of those myself. That's okay. what I have in my SG right now. Yeah. So uh, there are probably some people who have been slightly exposed to pots and pot names and stuff, right? So. <laughs> Pot. Can you list off just a couple and just so that we're all we all know what like oh okay so when we hear that we're like yep yeah, yeah I know what that is now. So the top four that I tend generally use is going to be uh, Burns because I love I my personal favorite which is it's solely subjective is is the Burns because they have a very low torque uh, shaft so it's really easy to spin. Um, low CTS, torque shaft. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Uh, CTS, which is you're going to be your American market standard, um, and then CTS you can buy anyone can go buy um cts bots for their own and they can you know do whatever spec so you'll have a lot of like companies who are like oh well we have the a certain set version but it's still a cts brand Mm -hmm. um the the third one i would say is alpha most people use alpha and then a lot of the the higher end um uh, metric bots which is uh American pots use a shaft that is three eighths uh, diameter where the metric pot. So if you buy any guitar 
not from America. It's going to use a metric system style shaft, which mm -hmm. is, uh, I think it's like 7.63 millimeter. Um, but I use the, it's JSE and they're actually a really nice quality brand. Interesting. Yeah. That is one of the more confusing things. And I found myself <laughs> sitting there with a, with a <laughs> fender telecaster wang harness that was literally falling apart, trying to measure out like, okay, wait, is, this, is that, is that three eighths? I can I can hardly use like see all you have to do nightmare. is pick up the phone. Well, yeah, I, but I couldn't. It was very late. Okay. Uh, yeah, I answer emails really late. Yeah, so he's like, it. "Don't worry about it. I got you. We're gonna. I'll I'll give you the right stuff." And I said, "I'm pretty sure it's a three eight. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, and then well, if not, mm -hmm. the solution is a wonderful tool called a called a unibit. Mm. which is kind of a stepped bit that goes from uh, about an eighth to a half. Mm -hmm. And it drills through. It's primarily designed for metal. But metal! I <laughs> like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that woke me up. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> but uh, but I use I use it a lot. Uh, well, I use it on pick guards because yeah, I just to double check the size of the holes that I drill. And I also use it for installation of uh, like end pin jacks or tuning machines. Okay. Just to open up the holes a little bit. So if you do have one of the smaller metric size holes and you want to put three eighths shaft pots, uh, you can open them up with That's a the with safest a, with a unibit. You can okay. use like a tower reamer. reamer. Yeah. yeah. All paper the all the little good. tools, jackpots and taper rammers and all that stuff. The unibit's faster. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. And I'm all about fast. Okay, so we got we got some pot names out there. So everybody might have looked at the bottom and it says it says Alpha, it says CTS, it says Burns, it says not. so. That's good. We got that covered off. That's cool. If you go down the rabbit hole of like orange drop versus paper and oil mm. on the internet, beware. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the little the little funky bits in between the pots. The capacitors and the capacitor is is what you know creates the tone. Um, this is usually if I get the most hate mail, it's associated to this. So I'm going to be very cautious about this. Um, again, associated with with electronics, you're really looking for the value. Um, what it's made from generally doesn't have uh, an a huge difference. The quality of the manufacturing has a huge difference, but like whether it's um, the term. You'll hear it, paper and oil, or the people who don't like it, it's paper and snake oil, um, <laughs> referencing that. Sure. Uh, it, but what you're really looking for is something that is, that is very accurate when you measure it. So uh, vintage pots, which a lot of people are looking for that vintage sound, it, it's, a very, it's a very slippery slope. You mean capacitors? Uh, they're capacitors, yes. Because yeah. um, what happens is like, okay, vintage... The quality of manufacturing nowadays is, is like we were talking about earlier, it's just phenomenal. And, and you can have a really nice quality capacitor for relatively cheap. But back in the day, the higher quality ones had a, if I remember this, it's like, so a vintage capacitor is a negative variance of, of the accuracy of the, the, the measurement. It's negative 10%, positive 80%. Okay. Because the reason is you don't want a, a, a capacitor that is lower than it should be but you can fix a capacitor that is over what it should be okay so really quick for all of us who uh whose eyes just crossed a little bit <laughs> first of all let's identify what the capacitor is the capacitor is the thing 
in your wiring harness that look that has typically has two little wires coming out that are straddling in between some other electronic bits, usually made out of some sort of material that isn't metal. Mylar paper with a with a certain oil ceramic. in it. It might, ceramic. it might look orange. It might look like a disc. It might look like oh, there's a, the bumblebees. Bumblebees, little tiny microscopic ones. Yeah, now. there's all kinds. So let's let's identify. Uh, so a capacitor is doing what? It's basically the simplest way to do it is it's filtering the auto, the audio, and and as you turn down the tone control, if it, it grounds out certain frequencies, depending on the capacitor, it'll ground out. If you have like a certain value, it'll ground out a certain frequency. Um, so as you turn down, turn down your control, it grounds out more and more tones or frequency uh, on my website. I did. So we're a, saying ground out. That just means you're, you're, you're shaving it off. Pretty much. Yeah. It, it, okay. it literally brings it, puts the frequency to the out or the the pot casing okay um, on, on my website if you guys want to see more I did a blog about this like right in the very beginning of, of gun Street oh, great. Uh, about how capacitors work and I worked with my buddy to make some fun gifts so people can see it a little differently excellent yeah and, and then again the value is what really does it and depending on, on the value and how accurate uh, the taper will be different if that makes sense yeah. so if you have one that's like okay it is, does say it's it's labeled as Point zero two two, which is traditional for a humbucker, but if you actually measured it, it's at like you know point zero four seven. So it's going to have a different taper than one that would be the correct value. I think that's why a lot of people think that the you know the vintage bumblebees or whatever sound different is just because the tolerances back then were so loose that you know most of the time it's not going to be a 0.022. No. And it drifts over time as well. And I think that could be where they're hearing some of the differences. Which it does. I mean, it does make a difference. What it's made from doesn't make a difference, but right. the tolerance is going to be what it does. Yeah. And and then it's like you use a reference of orange drops. Um, their tolerances are very, very high. Like a, Very um, consistent. Yeah, I, I made a, a matched harness, which implies that, okay, you have pickups. They're not perfectly matched. Um, uh-huh. What? No. Jared, what is, what is the general? Is it, is it 10, 10, 20% difference? Um, it depends what kind of guitar it is. And it, but, it depends what you're trying to do. Yeah. Well, but you, you have a difference in, in the neck and in, in the bridge. Uh, so when, generally you should, I mean, some of the old vintage stuff, you don't, they didn't pay attention to that back in the probably, day. Yeah, probably not. No. But a lot of people want the matched harnesses. Like I get asked a lot to do a matched harness. And what they're, they really ask for is like, they want all. So if it's, it's a Les Paul, they want all four control knobs to be 500 K. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which, right, yeah doesn't if you're going to match a harness you match it to the pickups That's so right, say right. say there's a 20 percent difference there's a 20 percent difference and there's a 20 percent difference so <laughs> you want to have like the bridge pickup is the hotter one so you want to have that the the two uh, volume and and tone controls to be 20 percent lower than the neck tone mm-hmm. so i i had a, a fun time doing this with an sg harness um and I, I figured out the variance and i did that but i had to measure probably like 150 i hate i love doing it because i'm like a nerd about this but i hate doing it from like oh and the business sense like i just lost a ton of money doing this but 
I had to measure easily like a hundred of the orange drops because they were so consistent that I couldn't find one that was a big enough variance that I could actually do it properly. The pots were easy, but the the, the orange drop capacitors were a little more difficult. Yeah. If I was using a vintage, I probably could find that a little bit easier, but the the, the high qualityness of orange drops are are phenomenal. I watched a video <laughs> that took way too much time out of my life. <laughs> uh, and it was a guy that was literally comparing... He compared an oil, paper and oil, a, a, a orange drop and a bumblebee with like a massive spectrometer thing. I, I mean, I watched it. I was like, well, okay. But that I think that's okay. part of the yeah. whole guitar game. I th- we just opened exactly up this pedal and we yeah. geeked out on like, that thing looks cool. When I was eating my corn chowder, Zach <laughs> told me that what the difference is, is, is basically the value of the capacitor. But you, so I also have a funny story. What is that we're talking to do about? With how corn chowder? <laughs> <laughs> I said while I was eating my corn chowder, Zach told me so, oh, the value. So we're talking about how you know, like you get into that kind of that mojo side. Uh, yeah. Another thing that a lot of people claim is the uh, voltage and how voltage even adds more to the spectrum. And and what that what voltage is so capacitors are rated for a certain amount of voltages depending on on what you're putting in and what you you want from it it's got to hold a certain amount of of heat essentially um and so when i originally did started my harnesses i did it just like a normal uh, guitar wiring does maybe a volt like maybe not even close um and then i started out with that but i started getting people email me about my product because i always like feedback if you want to give me feedback and people are like you know i'm really let down by these orange drop capacitors because i always because when you read about it on forums and they call them orange drop people think candy and i was like okay that's that's funny um but i kept getting them like i kept getting message after message so i'm like okay so i'll add the voltage up so originally started out with whatever the plain jane orange drop is voltage to 100 volts and then i still kept getting them and then i went up to 300 and then i got it to my to what i am now which is 600 volt which is the exact same size as a hard candy wow but it looks cool it looks cool because that's what people want <laughs> how do they taste yeah they, yeah exactly <laughs> Grandma's I was in a, hard candy yeah, i was in tacoma guitar festival uh and doing an expo and paul reed smith was there and he went and saw my products and he was like first thing he does is he's trolling me and be like why are you using this voltage uh and i was like because it looks like candy and, and he chuckled and said that's the right answer yeah, that's I mean, pretty cool. Paul Reed Smith is trolling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, people just get a warm, fuzzy feeling inside when they open up a Les Paul and they got those stripes on the caps, you know. Yeah, it's just kind of And neat. they probably have a ceramic cap buried right, in yeah, a yeah. It's plastic. A, it's, you know. Allegedly. It's allegedly. got to look right. It's got to look right, darn it. Um, hey, they paid $5,000 for that guitar. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, um, so, so we talked about, the, did we talk about values on the caps yet? I mean, in general, you know, we talked about values on the pots, but you said like 22s for, for humbuckers. The general standard is um, humbuckers are, are 22. Single coils are going to be um, 0.47 UF. Um, and then even traditional fender, you can find them anywhere from 0.1 to, to tr- what they generally are, which is, right. is the 0.47. And in an effort to, just real quick, Tony, in an effort to make sure that we don't um, actually make people crash their cars from all this <laughs> math and learning, um, I, I want to throw out something. This has helped me. I've gone back to it many times because for some reason I have a harder time retaining some of these things. Um, 
but it really did help me understand things. There is a YouTube channel uh, by a guy named BigClive.com. That's BigClive, D-O-T-C-O-M. And he is this huge guy. He's a Scotsman, and he's got this great red beard. And he he talks in the most gentlest, like, it's crazy. (laughs) It's this huge guy. He's like... Well, first you take the thing and then you put it in the... Th- oh, you know, it's fantastic. <laughs> Anyways, he's got a... He fixes things. This is like... He, he does electronics at the vault for his career, uh, which he also shares. But there is a specific video called A Simple Guide to Electronic Components. And I'm telling you, everybody, if you go watch that, I promise you, you will understand everything that we're talking about. At least at the moment, you may forget it, but you can always go back to it. Case in point, it is it is a it is a layman's understanding. He literally draws everything out with like a sharpie, and it's fantastic. I, I highly encourage that. Big Clive D O T C O M Big Clive dot com. He's the on Bob YouTube. Ross of why he really is like for real. That's that's legit. Oh, there goes Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right, so we talked pots. Yeah, we talked caps. Yep. How about no. that that stuff that goes in between? I think it's called wiring. Mm-hmm. The the actual wire, or do you want to talk about the way the circuit works? The actual no, wire. the wire. That one is again is mojo is 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 no. people claim claim cloth is better than than PVC. Um, and from what I understand, it's they're no different. Um, I prefer using cloth only for like a manufacturing side where it's a lot easier to push the cloth back than it is to actually cut the wire consistently. Um, Again, it's that's more mojo braided wire. I do like braided wire. um, And I use a lot of braided wire on mine because this is again, mojo. And I just, I actually like the way it looks is, is I do create with the braided wire Faraday cages for the wires. Um, it doesn't really talking about braided wire. Are you talking about braided internal wire within the PVC or braided wires? So what the braided, what the braided wire is, is it's your normal cloth wire. And then it has a metal two strand braided rope esque, uh, cover around it mm-hmm. and then that's what traditionally used as a ground mm-hmm. um, but what you can do is so there's a thing called Faraday cage and basically you defends against all the radio frequencies that can hit it so mm-hmm. it blocks those away so it's in theory less noisy oh interesting you do it correctly sure well I, I just want to make that distinction because I know if you are looking at uh, especially pedals people like to get fancy with with the pedal builds and they will take two wires that need to go somewhere and they will actually braid the them so like you can have a yellow wire and a purple wire and they'll braid them so they look nice oh, they, and they stay yeah. together that is not what we're talking about no 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 that helps that helps the flow yeah. of electricity um but this is just yeah this is the traditional back in the day that's how they would have done like you would have bought a lamp like that and you would have that kind of braided wire and, and it's it's uh what you find on most gibson guitars and even vintage um like cheap uh, uh, harmonies have a, their own version of it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And are you using I uh, are you using like bus wire for uh, for a common ground oh, for on? Yes, I, I have bus wire. Tony, bus wire is a solid solid chunk of metal. Essentially, it's a it, solid it can copper. be made uh, copper. Usually, tinned, what I use is yeah. cop uh, is copper uh, uh, tinned with uh, a silver. Mm-hmm. And I use a, a just like a nice thin version because I can uh, mold it really easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is usually what I use for um, for like a Les Paul version. 
You don't use solid gold then. <laughs> I tried no, only only on my own. Yeah, it's gold is very hard to solder. I yeah. don't know if you've tried that. Yeah, uh, what? Uh, no. <laughs> but interesting, interesting. So uh, okay, so we talked about the actual components and such. Uh, now, obviously, there are um, many different ways. It's almost to the point where it's like uh, if you are familiar with In-N-Out Burgers, uh, basically the hidden menu. You know, <laughs> In-N-Out Burgers has like, you can get a hamburger, you can get a cheeseburger, you can get a double of each, right? Whatever. But there's a whole other hidden menu. It's like, I wanted animal style and that's uh, with uh, grilled onions and mustard mixed all together. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of different things, you know. Wow, we're going to have to go to In-N-Out. No, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's all right. It's pretty good. But anyways, um, what my point is that there's all kinds of little different ways and things that you can do with the actual harness. In fact, we just referenced one in that episode that I was telling you about two episodes back. Once you hear this, uh, that we referenced to like a, a Nashville, uh, telecaster, uh, wiring, which is basically you're flipping the, the control unit around so that the volume is the first oh, yes. knob in okay, front. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but you can't just simply flip it around. You have to flip some of the components around within the actual unit or else it'll be everything will be backwards. So all that is to say that there's a lot of literally <laughs> like unique little ways to do things. What are, what are some of those unique things, ways to wire things that, that you do or that, be, that you get asked to do? So I'm going to start with uh, the way I like to describe them is you have main style wirings and then you have sub styles the main styles are like the traditional what you call like a high pass filter um for for gibson it'd be like your 50s wiring which is all about the treble uh modern which is what is kind of confusing when you say modern but it's it's what they've been doing since uh probably what the 60s or 70s um and then you have what you call a volume bleed and what the volume bleed wiring is is basically it's the modern wiring but they add a, a, a resistor to kind of to make it sound like it um i did a really i didn't do it let me rephrase that uh our, our another fellow friend of the show eric uh morrow oh, he did yeah. a, oh, yeah, yeah. he did an excellent video about the difference between 50s modern and volume bleed and he goes really into the difference because there is a big difference in a lot of times i'll i'll read reviews of like people when they do it like other wiring harnesses mm -hmm. and they, they talk about like oh this one sucks because the the tone control doesn't work and it's basically an on off and that's usually a sign because they use a 50s wiring which the way that the 50s works is they basically instead of using um like instead of 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 the the tone control going through the pickup and then to the output it goes to the output and it makes it causes the the tone control to work um, very weirdly in, in the traditional sense where the modern was basically brought in because people hated that. And, and plus I think it associated more of like, just as the uh, music progressed, the modern has a more consistent taper, both in volume and in tone control. But when you do the, the, the volume on the, um, modern, you lose a lot of high end. And people don't like that. So that's when you have the volume bleed, which adds that high end back through that resistor. So that's the main wiring. But then you get into the fun stuff, which I love, is going to be into things like series parallel. And that's usually how you wire the pickups. Um, series is, is if you think about like a humbucker, um, Jared, feel free to 
to you probably explain it just as good. Um, but the two coils of a humbucker, they are wired in series to each other. So the um, what is it? The north start. Uh, yeah, and the, your your north start is going to be your hot typically, and your uh, the the ends are going to be tied together on the north and south, and then the south start is going to be your ground. That's typical. And that's in series. That's a uh, series. Yep. So what? And then what, what, you, what does that mean? Because none of that meant anything to me. What does that actually mean to each, me? Each each coil is is going to work in in a series. Okay. And first, you're going to go this coil. One two. One that, two. You're one, adding right. one together, two. Yeah. One two. Yep. The coils output is combined essentially. That's right? right. Gotcha. Yep. And then what you can do is you can change that to make it parallel. So you're basically having those coils act separately, but together. Yeah, um, simultaneously. Two single coil pickups on at the same time. Okay, yeah, right. exactly. Okay, that, that's a great explanation. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> and and that will have a little bit different difference. Like even if you have that that humbucker in series and then you put it in parallel, a lot of times what happens is you get with more bass, more mids. It's got its own uniqueness. Um, and then you, what you can do is have uh, another my favorite is out of phase. So it basically. Um, the way I like to describe it is it essentially makes both the pickups. So when you're in middle position and you, and you swap of them, one of them out of sway, out of phase, it changes the ground to hot and then the original hot to ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it ends up causing the pickups to essentially fight each other and like certain mm-hmm. frequencies will come out of it. Um, and you can get really kind of uh, like a Peter Green is famous for out of phase. Oh, yeah. You can get some nice kind of, it, it's a thinner sound squawky kind of like squawky, yeah. yeah yeah but not quite single coil not no not quite. in between right but, but quacky yeah. like a like a strat when yeah. you adjust your tones on either pickups if you have that kind of setup you can really control how much squawk is going on and yeah because they have to be volume, matched yeah too. your right. your volumes turn into tones. so this is super important stuff if you're in a punk rock Pretty much, pretty much. That's what I grew up on. I was like, I want that sound, but I have an SG. How do I achieve that? Um, And then you have other things like um, uh, capacitor filters. So um, my wah as an example, I really wanted that really high pitch wah sound, um, which you can do with a capacitor and they call it like a bright switch if it's on on like a jazz master. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can use a 0.003 UF capacitor and you filter all the output through that and it filters out everything but the kind of highs essentially. Um, you can do things like that. And then the fun part, which I love to do and, and I nerd about is, is combining all those together. So you can have both series parallel and actually I should also say coil cutting. So what coil cutting is, is it's, coil it cuts one of the humbuckers coils so it's similar to a a single coil um i think it sounds more like a p90 i don't know if you guys agree with that probably depends on the pickup i'll agree with you on that yeah and and it's not quite there um but you can also add that jimmy the jimmy page harness is like one of the famous ones that a lot of people use for right. exotic wiring and that has two coil cutting the series in parallel um and the out of phase but oh, depending yeah. on how you do that you can really define the sound very uniquely um and then you get into more kind of fun things like modded series and and the stuff that i like to do i have a my tele five-way kit which has your normal telecaster tones from one to three and then four is out of phase and then uh number five is is a series 
but I did, you know, like my secret sauce to it. So it gets it that kind of what I'm trying to go for is like a bridge humbucker. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of those things where it's like, there's so much you can do with just those subtle combinations. Like a Nashville telecast, the Nashville, uh, Telecaster style. No, 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 no. It, I mean, you can go <laughs> like a Baja Telly. Baja Telly well, is another one. I mean, that's what my. So I got the I got the Nashville Deluxe, and it's a five way. Is that so? It goes. Uh, it goes. Well, next. you're adding a middle. Yeah, you're a middle you're basically here. making it a Strat, though. Yeah. It, yeah. This is different because it it, yeah, it takes those like two it. pickups. I don't. And then it and it just does a different combination. <laughs> yep. That's all it is. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah. That's that's where I like to have fun. It's just. So and the bottom line is, if someone goes to gun straight wiring, there are many, many ways that you can get your wiring kit hooked up. And if you don't see something, can they ask for that? Absolutely. That was a, a something that kind of, uh, I did this for myself and I always just kind of did my own uh, and that kind of got thrown into me and I actually really enjoy doing the custom work. Um, another, another uh, competitive uh, podcasts. They they said that I do custom work, and then there's all of a sudden, another podcast. There's there's I think there's <laughs> one, just one. Okay, there are uh, there's, lots. It, but there But Ryan was like, oh yeah, they do custom work. So all of a sudden, all, everyone's like, well, I want this guitar, I want this harness, and this harness. So then it was kind of fun because then I I'm I love doing this for myself. Yeah. And then people come up with the coolest ideas, even if they don't buy a lot of times when people are like, yeah, I'll do that, but it's going to cost this amount of money because it takes amount, this amount of hours to do it. Sure. And they're like, Oh, I can't afford that. So then you'll get that. And then all of a sudden we're like, I really want to make that harness. So if you want to come contact me in a custom harness, I will make it. Um, even if you don't buy it, I'll probably make it for myself. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I can appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, cool, man. Well, holy moly, did we learn an awful lot about wiring and stuff today? And um, we learned it from somebody who's making a really great product. I put it in a guitar. I really enjoyed working with it. It was it was very neatly presented, so I didn't have to try to. I really didn't have to figure out a lot. Like you do most of the work right up front, and the rest is for me to mess up. <laughs> so I appreciate that you're doing that out there and I appreciate that you're trying to take a, a new take on things and with um, all the newer guitarists out there giving people an uh, understanding of how how these things work. So check out his wares and his knowledge base too. He, as he said, he shared quite a few things out there. So thank you very much, man. Thank you. One of the things that happened this week, I sent out a little Instagram thing for Would You Rather? And I got some great responses back. If you haven't seen that, go to our Instagram and watch my little video and you'll see what this is all about. But I'll tell you what it's about right now because that'll save you time. If you want to submit your own Would You Rather question to us to have read and attributed on our show, just DM me on Instagram, or you could send me an email at toddtheguitarnobs.com, and we will read your fantastic idea, uh, probably, on our little episode show thing, Dilly Bobber, right now. Jared. Okay, gentlemen, and it's time for Would You Rather? Thank you, Tony. So... This week's Would You Rather is brought to us by Eli Mazeman. Thank you very much, my man. Would you rather gig with a 1959 Les Paul Burst plugged into a Vox amp plug, which is a tiny personal amp that you use with headphones? 
that you literally plug into the guitar. That's right. Oh yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. it's a little thing you take with you on trips and whatnot. Yeah, and but you're gonna actually uh, plug through that and then plug through a PA system. Yeah, somehow. So, awesome guitar, tiny little, you know, maybe amp not plug. so awesome amp. That's affordable. Right. Or an Ashton starter guitar through a Marshall JCM 800 running through an awesome old green back uh, speaker Marshall 412 cap. Okay, I mean, so just, uh, if you don't know what an, an, an Ashton? Ashton. Ashton uh, starter guitar. Uh, insert any really horrible yeah. kind of starter First guitar. First act. Can, Honda. Anything Squire. like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What's his, yeah, any of those things. So, well, careful, Tony. Um, <laughs> yeah, you said squires. Some squires aren't bad at all. Yeah. So, um, one or two. So, the gist is, Jared. That's right. You know, the, the premise is uh, would you rather have an awesome guitar and a, you know, rinky dink little whatever? Or would you rather have a crappy guitar going through a supreme amplifier? Le- and, and let's step that up and say legendary guitar. That's right. And completely unlegendary amp. And a legendary amp and a completely unlegendary guitar. That's pretty much it. Oh, Uh, let's hear from Zach. Yeah, that's tricky for me because I am probably one of the biggest vintage guitar nerds out there. But if in a live situation, I think I would rather prefer to have the better amp just because, you know, it's going to sound terrible through the other thing. Even if you have a great guitar, if you don't have a great, you know, like we were saying earlier, if you don't have a good transmission and stuff behind your engine, it's going to be terrible. Ooh, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this is an owning thing as much as like uh, maybe it's just you the show two, up to the, the two are available. And here's your here's your choices. Yeah, we don't. What's the setup for this, Jared? Rig A, well, Rig B. You're you're gonna open for Led Zeppelin. They got back together. Uh, they got back together. Okay, no <laughs> way. Bonham? That's crazy. So on your way to go get a beer, you accidentally trip old man Jimmy Page, and and he can't perform. You have to go up there instead, and there's two things up there, and you get to choose one of those. And he says, you, yeah, that's, is that you can't play you me guitars. You know what? Uh, All yeah, my that's, apps. That's how it is. All right. All right. Tony. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm going to have to go with Zach on this because you can make a crap guitar sound pretty good through an amp, mm-hmm. but you can make a really great guitar sound really bad through a bad, in this case, like headphone amplifier. Uh-huh. I, I just don't think there's any way to, 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 to make that sound good. Uh-huh. Uh, let's go to Joe Bonamassa. What do you say? No, just kidding. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he would just, he would run. Yeah. How about Sean? How about you, buddy? Uh, well, I'll say on two sides. One, my very first guitar was a first act, and I have post-traumatic stress from playing that guitar. <laughs> <laughs> my my fingers are cut up beyond belief. But, I mean, like like you said, it's like if you're playing for a show and it's for for your for that, I would go for for the cheap guitar with the nice amp. Solid. All right, Jared. I almost went the opposite. Of the three before me just now. However, you guys are bringing up a really hard-to-argue point. Um, you can always set up a, a cheapo guitar to play decent, and it's going to sound fantastic through that amplifier. So, I'm going to have to go with the cheap guitar. Awesome amp. All right. Well, I am going to go with 
the burst, not because necessarily it's a burst. It's just I don't like playing guitars that are, like are really that bad. Like just it's hard. It, it's not a pleasure to play. If I'm not it's having not fun, gonna it. it's going to show. I'm not going to play a good song. It's not going to be good. Everybody's going to know that. So if I've got... So you I, must play a lot of garbage guitars. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I've had my share, let me tell you that. Um, That's uh, a good point, though. Yeah, uh, it, and really, it does. It for me, it does come down to that because I think, you know, maybe I got a couple good pedals up there and a good tech or something yeah. that can maybe help me out. I'm not really sure, but first and foremost, it, it, if I'm having a hard time playing it, it's it's going to change yeah. everything. So, mm-hmm. um, that was, that's a really good, would you rather? Because yeah, it's, it's super, it, I mean, you've got two options, neither of which is really ideal. Right? No. Yeah. You know, kind of to add to that, I actually did a video on something very similar to that, where I had actually taken my 1959 Gibson ES 175 and I plugged it into a $15 amp from like music round. <laughs> but I did <laughs> run that amp into a 412 cab, which made a big difference. And then I took like an Epiphone and I ran it into my hand-wired Plexi. And I did a video on that comparing the two. And you'd be surprised about the number of people that actually preferred the sound of the cheaper guitar just because of that amplifier. Curious. Well, that was pretty fun. So I encourage all of you listeners uh, that are downloading this to then let us know. What do you think? What would you like us to, to answer for the... Would you rather? <laughs> well, he got three in today. I know. It's a special Whoa. day. All right, Tony, we need to thank a few people. We certainly do. Let's do it. So at this time of the show, as Todd sort of alluded to earlier, mm-hmm. alluded to, not eluded. Mm-mm. No, he alluded. Mm-hmm. I um, preluded, actually. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> well, either way. Whatever. It's, it's immaterial. But we like to thank a special group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, who help sponsor our podcast. Right. Uh, at this particular level, this is the executive producer level. Um, if you go to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs, you will find various levels that you can participate as a sponsor. Mm-hmm. And that ranges from a very low amount up to the executive producer level. And this level. helps us keep the lights on. It literally helps us keep the lights on because That's right. we have to... Uh, Zach, can you turn that light off Please over there? The We're running a little low right now. Right. Back on. <laughs> this, this, too. this gets t-shirts made. This gets stickers made. This so anyhow, all the things. You get... It's, yeah, there's a lot that it goes into this. out tremendously. Oh, yeah. And every bit helps. Yep. Um, and even at the, at, the, at the smallest levels, you get some great prizes, some buttons and picks and little things. And as you graduate up to the executive level, executive producer level, yep. you get some really great stuff. And... You get to have your name read on the thing. So that's what I'm going to do right now. Yep, do it. All right, let's, let's start from newest to oldest, shall we? So, as we talked about earlier, welcome, Brian Robinson. All right. Uh, Jonathan Jerusik, Ken Sayers, Corey Nigro, Doug Gann, Brad Partridge, Michael Van Zant, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Robert Marfleet, John Anglin, Chris Kearney, Sean S., Oliver Gonzalez, John Daly. Robin Smith, Pete Marshall, Carlos Mancha, Matt Brammer, David Wolfson, Martin Cliff, and Tom Brazen. All right. Thank you guys so very much. And as we mentioned before, 
even at that uh, $1 and $5 level, like, I mean, it's $12 for a whole year. That That's it. Like, Can't even get a cup entry, of coffee for that. And you're, and you're a Patreon. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. So um, we we really appreciate your help. Please think about doing that this year. It would, uh, it would mean a lot to us. Uh, we want to say a great big fat thank you to our friend Sean Arbo of Gun Street Wiring. Where can people find you? Oregon. Or you can find oh, yeah. me at Bend, Oregon. It's a dead center. Um, <laughs> you can find me online at GunStreetWiringShop.com or Instagram. Um, we're also on Facebook, but we mainly focus on Instagram. Um, or you can just email me. I'm very easy to get a hold of. Uh, because Gun Street is really about giving back to the community and, and with our profit transparency and, and how I want to get most of, of our profits either back to improve ourselves, but mainly give back to the people who help promote the community. Uh, I want to give the guitar knobs and, and your guys' fans uh, your own custom 15% off coupon code. So if you go to uh, my website, and it's going to be on the website only, uh, if you type in guitar knobs uh, you'll get that free discount all the way to the end of the year so 2020 you're too late if you wow. use well, wait, 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 which which year uh, end of this what year? year this year oh the new year of 2019 you're talking almost nearly the 12 months, months of 2020 you're too late discount 20 year opportunity wow. and you take 15 percent off uh using coupon code guitar knobs X wow that is awesome man thank you so much and you of can course. use the money they save and go be a patreon hey that's a capital <laughs> that's, idea. Hey, I love it that is that's the only condition that, <laughs> <laughs> I like that yeah. uh, no that, that's, uh, that is I am so appreciative of that um, and and I promise you people you will be happy you will have a smile when you open up a package that comes from Gun Street Wiring um, he puts a lot of thought into it. Uh, and it's much appreciated. Thank you so much for offering that to our audience, my man. Of course. Thank uh, you. Let's see. Let's start with Zach real quick. Zach, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at my name, Zach Oswald, on YouTube and Facebook. Okay. Excellent. I don't know what that's... I don't know what an excellent is. Sorry. Excellent. excellent. <laughs> it's, a, it, it's a little bit better than excellent. Yeah. Okay. Tony Baloney. Yeah, where can they find me? Yes. In Columbus, Oregon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, that's the next to next to me. Yeah. I'm right there. There you Oregon. go. But uh, no, go over to uh, pickguardian.com. Let's say you need a custom pick guard. Uh, you want to change as you want to. Let's say you want to do something crazy like put tele pickups in a strat. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's yeah. just do it. Or a mini humbucker. Or a mini humbucker. And a jazz. Blaster. 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 Yes. Telecaster. Blaster. But yeah, uh, go over to pickguardian.com, drop me a line. Uh, you can also go over to uh, Instagram. I, I post a lot of some of the projects that I'm working on uh, outside of pickguards from time to time with building and different things like that. So check out some of those fun projects and yeah, cool. just let me know. Oakley Doakley. I'm going to just say one little nugget about pickguardian. This dude can work his magic. Trust him. He does really good stuff. Yep. Well, thank you, Jared. So you can find me, Jared, um, at uh, Brandon Wild Pickups, BrandonWildPickups.com. Um, browse around the website. You'll find that I do new aged-looking stuff, old-looking stuff, custom guitars. I also do rewinds. And uh, just look me up, Jared at BrandonWildPickups.com. Cool. And you can drop me a line at Todd at TheGuitarKnobs.com. We love to hear from you. Please share your thoughts. And uh, everybody, have an awesome guitar week. And subscribe! Yeah.
supposed to do hello. 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 All right, beautiful. That's how you got to start it. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.